Please have your seats. We thank God for this morning. We thank him for the gift of life. And you must always remember where he brought you from. Hallelujah. It's very important, very, very important that you walk in that spirit of humility. It is all because of him. Sometimes you just need to pause and ask yourself, but for God, where would I have been? It's important you do that. It is one of the fastest ways to go very far. Um, this month of June, I'm starting a new series. It may enter into our um, divine encounters period. I am teaching on the subject of stewardship. So my first series is, um, the title is Developing the Mindset of a Steward. Say developing. The mindset of a steward. Don't worry, we'll break it down. We'll look at who a steward is. We'll look at how do you develop the mindset of a steward. Who we are, what we are, and why we are who we are. And why God expects the things he expects from you. You see, one of the things that makes it difficult for you to obey God is because you don't know who you are. And you don't know why he expects the things he expects from you. But it's important. And there is something I want to say quickly. See, when you come to God, forget about who you were. The Bible says you are a new creature. That's what matters. Amen. Whenever you come to God, forget about who you are. Forget about who you were. You are new in him. And when God says you are new, it does not lie in the mouth of anybody to say you are old or you are fake. It is who God says you are. That is why these confessions are very important. Consistently remind yourself when you say that I know who I am. We are not talking about the image of your grandfather and your family connections. We are talking about the life of God in us that has given us hope, that has given us a new beginning. Hallelujah. So this morning, I'm dealing with the subject, developing the mindset of a steward. One, I'm doing the introduction and we'll look at a bit of the body. I'm not going to rush this. We need to get it properly so that we will be able to um, serve God properly. So let's look at our key scripture. I have two key scriptures that informs these thoughts and this um, teaching. Um, Psalm 24 verse 1. Everybody should know the scripture by heart. You should just know it. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What it means is that the earth is for God and everything in it, including you. Say I belong to God. If you, if you are, the unbelievers who even think that they have their own life, it's a lie. They are believing. Everybody has an owner. There is no stray human being on earth here. There is no stray human being on earth here. So he says the earth is the Lord's and all is fullness. The world and those who dwell therein. The world and what? Those who dwell. The word dwell simply means who live in it. So the world, he says the earth is the Lord's. And I love the caption in terms of wedding because sometimes we are not able to differentiate between the world and the universe. They are not the same thing. They are two different things. They are systems. One is a platform and the other one is what happens on the platform. The universe is the platform. The earth is what happens on the universe. Amen. That is the things we have added or subtracted that is making life the way it is. That's what we do on a platform. Now, it's important to understand. I may use some IT words here, but bear with me. It's important to understand that without a platform, certain things cannot happen. Amen. For instance, you buy a phone. 
you need a platform to connect to, and that's a service provider. Either MTN, Airtel Tigo, Glow, or Vodafone. We call them platform. They give you, what it means is that you have an idea of what you want, but you can't give it to yourself. So they give you what you want, but you must meet them halfway. But you must do what? You bought your own phone, Abby, but you must buy your credit. Before even credit becomes necessary, you must buy your chip. And the chip, you don't produce it. They produce it. Now, if you understand this, then you will understand the statement I'm going to make. Life is not free. Can I repeat that? I said what? Life is not free. But in the, in the transactions of life also, it is not money. Money is one of the last things in the transaction of life. In the transaction of life, the currency is what we call decisions and choices. The currency of life, when you want to trade in the currency of life. Remember, I have just said that life is not free. It means that it must be bought. When you read Isaiah, one of the chapters, God says, come and buy. Come and buy from me. That which when you eat, you will never be hungry again. But he said, you can't buy with money. Buy gold. So every form of transaction has a currency. Can I make progress? My introduction is quite um, lengthy, but you need it because I need you to understand what we are talking about. So every transaction in life is done with a currency. The transaction of life is decision and choices. Decision and what? Sometimes people still and they are caught and they say it is the devil. You know why nobody listens to you when you say it's the devil? Because the devil didn't put a gun on your head. He brought a thought. You bought it. You entertained it. It became visible for you. And it became profitable for you. So you followed it. We call it choices. Now because the currency of trading in life successfully is decisions and choices, it has repercussions. Or what we call consequences. It means therefore that whatever you choose or whatever you decide and choose to do, it has effects, side effects. Amen. I hope I'm not running too fast. Whatever. Now, let's, let's go over this quickly. We are talking about stewardship. Stewardship. I will break it down. Don't worry. And we looked at our case scripture. It says, the earth is the Lord's. And all its fullness, the trees, the goats, everything you see is for God. I know you can argue, Pastor, was, was it God who came to build? It's for him. And we will get there. It says, the world and those who dwell therein. Now, I was just talking to you about the fact that there is a difference between the universe and the world. The universe is the platform. The world is what we do on the platform. Amen. So, I said, for instance, you have money, you buy yourself a phone. That phone cannot be useful until you engage a platform. It is not by force to go on a particular platform. Thankfully, because of development or technology, we have options. And so how do I engage on this platform? And I said, you need to buy the chip and buy the credit. Put it in your phone, then you will access that platform. In fact, the platform is free. 
is free in the sense that once you are on it, there are services you get you don't pay for. But you must pay for connectivity. That is the chip. I don't know how else I can break this down. You, you, must, you must pay. I mean, how many of us really? You, 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 you just choose. And then you sleep. And you, you, or you, you are there. And your phone begins to ring. You don't pay them to cause your phone to ring. Do you? But you must get on the platform first. So just as you use money to buy a chip, or what you call a SIM card, right? I think that's the layman's uh, uh, SIM card. In the same way, I'm saying that the universe is what God created according to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and it was void and empty. And then God began to operationalize the universe by causing things that were necessary and needed to happen on the platform. So the platform was set and then he created us to come. Then on that platform, he gave us what it takes to relate with him. It is called decision and what? Choices. And I'm saying that because you have the power to decide and choose, whatever you choose and decide to do, you will pay for the effect. If it is good, you will reap. If it is bad, you will reap. Simplicita. Amen. Hallelujah. So, he says, the world and those who dwell therein. Now, this scripture gives us a picture that nobody, in actual sense, own themselves. When I got born again, there was a song we used to sing, I am glad I belong to Jesus. I belong. I mean, and this, this, this songs are missing. A thing has become showmanship and entertainment. You know, but these are the songs. So you look at somebody who understands that his life is not his. The way they live is different from the one who thinks that my life is mine. I do whatever I want with it. Amen. So, to develop the mind of, uh, the mindset of a steward, you must understand that you are not your own. Now, let's break this down before I move on. If you are not your own, the things that come from your life, do they belong to you? Come on. Let's break it down. Are you getting me? You don't belong to yourself. You belong to somebody. So the things that you are able to acquire, do you call them your own? I think this message is going to go quite easier than I thought. I love it. So he says, you belong to God. Say, I belong to God. I can't hear you. Say it loudly. And say it with conviction. From today, don't lose this understanding. Always remind yourself that you belong to God. Always remind yourself that you belong to God first. My second scripture for this teaching, 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 1 and 2 and then verse 7. Very interesting. Very, very interesting scriptures. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards 
of the mysteries of God. So this one, he was even dealing with those of us who are pastors. We don't belong to ourselves. Then the verse 2, watch what he says about stewardship. It says, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. It means that though we know that we don't belong to ourselves, and so whatever we are able to achieve and acquire is not for us, sometimes we are not faithful. We know, but we don't do it all the time. Am I communicating? We know, but we don't do what? It is like a boy and a girl, or sorry, a man and a lady in a relationship. We know that the Bible talks about purity. But you say, oh, so, so, be worry, minti, mami, fa, manu. Hallelujah. Everybody lift up your head. Lift up your head. Oh, he says he will marry me. Uh, Pastor, if you marry me, we are starting the marriage. <laughs> we are starting the marriage. And please, those of us who, who lead the services, let's reduce our chi because uh, the, the foreign viewers, they complain a lot. They say sometimes we, 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 we miss them. <laughs> we miss them. We, we vanish them. So let's not vanish them. <laughs> Let them follow. Oh, Pastor, I mean, we are going to marry. Look, I'm talking to you about if we want to stop divorce, eh, it is not looking for somebody who says the right things. Because the Bible says that a, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. But technology is letting it look so. People are learning all the right things to say. But it is not from their heart. So if we want to solve the problem, for instance, your tree is not bearing the good fruits you want. By the time the fruit comes, there are spots in it. You, I mean, there's a pear tree in my house. And for seven years, it was not bearing fruit. So one morning after prayer, I took my cutlass and I said, you will bring you down. Because that says the Lord. Any tree that does not bear fruit, the axe is already laid at this root to bring it down. Then my mother said, oh, no, no, no. Wait for a while. So my security man said, oh, pastor, let's wait. So somehow, I waited. And three weeks later, James told me that, papa, there are fruits on the tree. And then the fruits came. But I discovered something. I discovered that almost, we, we have a, James, how many, seven or eight? About eight big, very big. They were unusually big. In fact, if I see that pair on the market, I won't buy it. Because it is too big. You know, it's not the pair we know. <laughs> so you may think that it is something else. Now, when I, the, 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 the issue I want to share with you is this. It's very nice. And then we'll wait. And when it's ripe, we'll harvest it. But I noticed, my brother, when you cut the thing into two, there were lumps. And then there were portions that were black, had formed inside. You don't see it. You just see the spot on it. But by the time you go inside... The whole thing is bad. Then I realized that it was not the problem of the tree. It was the ground the tree was planted. If you want to stop stupidity in life against you, don't deal with what you see. Go beneath the source. Go to the source. So 
let me go back to my example. So, oh, Papa, he says you'll marry me. There's an accustomed boy on Facebook. Every Friday, he writes things that are so, so interesting. Elijah. And it's not our Elijah. He says, uh-huh, it's Friday night. Living legends. <laughs> they will go to church and after church, they will continue. <laughs> and it looks funny. But that is it. Today, the world says there is nothing wrong. So we even have what we call open relationship. So I am dating, let's say, Pastor Yvonne. And Pastor Yvonne can have as many men as she wants. And I can also have as many women as I want. Are are we all right? Don't you think that even, even goats and dogs, they don't sleep around like that. They have partners. Ivan, do you remember Sonia? We had a dog called Sonia, and there was the neighborhood where we were, we were. There were several male dogs. You like bad. No male dog could cross Sonia except a particular male dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, one time I wanted to do some self-arrangement so, because I saw this huge dog in the area, very hairy. So we started giving it food so that it will come to that. Hey, one day this female dog nearly teared this dog into pieces. It will not allow. But there was this black, ugly dog. <laughs> that just comes into the yard. And Sonia will be flat. Ivan says that you see Sonia. She's doing bad things. <laughs> now you are growing. Now, is that the world you want to associate with? The world that no longer has boundaries. The world that no longer has limits. The world that is doing things that doesn't suggest we are normal. When you say it, they say it's hate speech. When you say it, how can a man love another man? How? Like I see Valence and I say I love you. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Now all these problems This just by the way All these problems have come about Because we don't understand stewardship We don't understand So the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2 It says moreover It is required in stewards That one be found what It means that you can know What is expected of you But it is not natural to do it. So you must put in effort to do what is expected of you. Am I preaching this morning? I know I'm preaching. I'm sweating. So I know I'm preaching. So faithfulness is key. Now we will come into details about all these terms and words. Now look at the verse 7. That is what caught my attention. 1 Corinthians chapter chapter 4 verse 7. For what makes you differ from another? And what do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you did indeed receive it, why do you boast as if you had not received it? Amen. Listen, ideally, there is nothing wrong with a lady visiting a guy who says, I'll marry you. Ideally. But the Bible says, 
Can a man take fire to his bosom? Some of you, the ladies you are dating, they are hot. And you know you can't keep your hands off them. Please, meet in front of the church, talk and go home. Do that. Meet in front of the church. And I'm, this one, I'm not even talking about anybody because, listen, Christians, we don't date. We don't do boyfriend and girlfriend. When you are ready, that is why in this church, look, and I, 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 I'm here to present it on the church council. Any relationship that is more than one year, we'll cancel it. Well, I mean, one man of God said, the real witch and wizard is the one who tells a lady, I will marry you. And for five years, the lady is still waiting. You are the real wizard. As for emotions, they are there. They are there. But why, why don't you... Do you know sometimes when you are walking in the street, depending on the challenges you are going through, something tells you that, why don't I cross the road and a car to hit me to die? Why don't you cross the road and die? But we'll bury you. And you hear the insult behind you. Will bury you. And this one, I know the sisters will not like it. Uh, Papa, uh, it doesn't matter. I will wait. It matters. It matters because you see, the Bible says that there is none perfect here on this side of eternity. The longer you wait, the more this person sees what they are not supposed to see outside. There are chambers in life. There are things, some of you students, when they open it to you, you will say you won't go to school again. But God in his wisdom, he opens it to us gradually. Gradually. Why is it gradual? So that by the time you are experiencing it, you have built some level of maturity to handle it. There are some things at a certain level you cannot handle it. So sometimes a guy sees a sister, and sees, I'm sorry I'm digressing, but it's part of stewardship. Sees a sister and he loves the sister. He says, oh, this sister, the way she talks, the way, the way she dresses. I mean, uh, every day she's asking about me and that is what I want. Please check my sound. I think it's muted. Check, I mean, I love the way she behaves and everything. But you see, that's what you see outside. Have you tested her anger before? It doesn't make her a demon. It simply means she's like you. Can you handle it? Can you handle it? And sisters, my daughters, let me also tell you. If these guys say they love you, they want to marry you, and you give them the package that is meant for marriage, you will keep longer. I just entered a restaurant. I didn't pick any menu card. And then you started supplying me food. Will I ask for the card? Who does that? I didn't ask for food. I just entered a restaurant. And proposing to a woman is like entering a restaurant. Stewardship. Say stewardship. So, it says, if you received... Why do you boast? You don't belong to yourself. Say, I belong to God. So let's go into the message now. Now I said this, God creating, God in creating the universe and human race, 
designed man to take charge of it, not as owners, but as stewards. You and I have been designed to be stewards, not as owners. So therefore, let's define the word stewardship. Who is a steward? What is a steward? Who is a steward? To be a steward means to hold something in trust for someone. To be a steward means to hold something in trust for someone. To hold something in trust. Say in trust. So your life, you are holding it for God, not for yourself. It's for God. To hold something in trust. Don't worry, very soon we'll start the projection. We'll project all the notes and all that. So, maybe from next week. It means you are not the owner of what you have, but a caretaker. Let me put it well. It means you are not the owner of you and what you have, but a caretaker. Say, I'm a caretaker. I can't hear you. Say, I'm a caretaker. So when we talk about somebody being a steward, we are talking about a caretaker. We are talking about what? So let me go over it quickly. To be a steward means to hold something in trust for someone. It means you are not the owner of who you are and what you have, but a caretaker. Let me add this. Irrespective of how you acquired or got it, you are still a caretaker. God owns it all and we manage his stuff. Amen. God owns everything. Say, God owns everything. And we manage it for him. Hallelujah. The ownership of God is not just about material things, but our lives as well. Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. And we'll stay here for a while. We are reading a lot of scriptures, so please run very fast for me. I'm teaching on stewardship. When God began to give me some insight into this teaching, I noticed that some of us, that is why we are where we are. And I gave some analogy. Sometimes you see that things are not going well in your life. It is not just... Because there is a demon somewhere. It is how you have lived your life. The understanding, the platform on which you have operated. Have you operated the right keys? Listen, when you buy an MTN chip, no matter how you love, how much you love Vodafone, you don't get Vodafone Network. Do you? Genesis chapter 2. And I'm reading the scripture on this statement. I said that the ownership of God is not just about material things but our lives as well. Genesis chapter 7 verse 2. Chapter 2 verse 7, sorry. And the Lord God formed man. Say, I'm a formed personality. Forget science that tells you that there was some big band. Some, some huge sound. I saw somebody's deep here and I laughed. Two, two, two pupils who were fighting and the teacher called them to come. He said, why are you fighting? He said, I was standing there. Then he, still, he hit my stomach. Boom. 
I was like, wow. You are not a product of a sound called boom. You were formed. You were formed. <laughs> Tell yourself, I, I, I am formed. Say, God formed me. Are you saying it? Say it with conviction. Say, God formed me. You were formed. He says, and the Lord God formed man out of the out of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. So you were formed. You don't own yourself. Apostle Paul emphasizes this strongly in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 18. He said, know ye not that your bodies are the temples of the the Holy Ghost, that you are not your own. You have been bought at a price. Say, I belong to God. Simplicity, if you don't understand this, you will move in circles in this life. So, stewardship talks about a caretaker. And a caretaker simply means somebody taking care of something that does not belong to him. It belongs to everything in this life as an owner. According to Psalm 24, the owner of everything is God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, when we talk about stewardship, your life is number one. Your life belongs to God. Number two, what is it? Verse eight. Genesis two, verse eight. The Lord God planted a garden, eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. It simply means whatever we have found ourselves doing as your job, your business, or whatever labor or enterprise you are doing, God gave it to you. I didn't get an amen for that. Uh, Papa, how? So did God give me the, the head to carry water to sell? You chose to sell water. You chose to sell water. Because he planted you in a garden. But in the garden, you chose that I will only be plucking leaves and cleaning them. But in the garden, if you read, the Bible says that there was gold in the garden. You don't dig gold with shallow thinking and mindset. Whatever we are doing, whether you are cooking, whether you are selling water, whether you are carrying concrete, whether you are digging Ojiga and foundation, whatever you are doing, playing football, whatever you are doing, it is God who gave you the life, the ability to do it. Hallelujah. Can I prove to you? Let's go back, please. Okay, let's read. See where man was planted. Then today I will prove to you That if you are not happy where you are, God has what it takes to move you to where you want to be. Because he has done it already. Verse 7, verse 9. Remember he said the Lord God planted a garden, eastward of Eden. And then he placed the man there. And what was the instruction? Go back, go back to verse 8. Let me go over this systematically. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. And I've told you that you have, as a Christian, you are in a place of unlimited possibilities. Amen. And I love black people. Look at it. There's something we call fitting or mechanic. Isn't this strange 
that we were not the original inventors of something, but we can repair it. Doesn't it tell you that you are fully loaded? Stop looking down on yourself. You have been planted strategically. Stop looking for visa to go and sweep on the street of America. Amen. It says, and out of the ground the Lord God made, every tree known that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was also there. Verse 10. And now, to, now a river went out of Eden. A river went out of where? A river went out of where? This is the revelation. Where God has planted you, there is something in you that will cause you to overflow. You are not ordinary. You are not who you think you are. There is more deposited in you. The image of God in you gives you the photogenic memory of God. If God could speak light out of nothing, it is in you to create a better life for yourself. As long as you are connected to him, as long as you have his life in you, you cannot remain who you are. So stop complaining. The challenge is not what can I be. The challenge is the knowledge of how to apply Operator, what has been made available to me. He says in the garden, there was a river. In the garden, there was a river. In your life, child of God, there is greatness that the world will drink from. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning. In your life, there is something the world is waiting to celebrate because it shall be a blessing to them. In your life, there is something the world is waiting to applaud. There is somebody somewhere who is waiting to hear your testimony and their mind will change Then they can say to themselves me too I will matter me too I will do it me too I will succeed I came with the word of God in my mouth that as a steward you cannot give a false testimony of yourself you are fully loaded and you are not just loaded where you were placed all you need is there wherever you are all you need is there. It says the river that watered the garden. And from there parted and became four river heads. North, south, east, and west. Wherever you are, God's provision is there. Let's move on. It says the name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which gets the whole land of Havila, where there is what? Can I tell African politicians something this morning? We can only stop begging if we discover that God did not bless the white man more than he blessed us. It is equal. You can't take it. It is what? What is in Nigeria? Ghana, we may not have it, but we also have something. That's why we are not the same human beings. Some of us are huge. Some of us are slim. Some of us are cylindrical. Some of us are bulky. Some of us. Some of us are tall. Some of us are short. Some of us are middle. Don't let anybody let you feel bad about your body shape. You are the best of you God could ever meet.
of us who are fat, I have a word for you. When people see a nice girl, what do they say? Hot chick. Fat people get hot. <laughs> we are hot. I'm not saying overeat. Some of you, is your genes. There is nothing you can do about it. Just like some of you, when we give you the lunch of everybody here for one year, you will still not change. Your stomach is a deep pit for distraction. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So he said, one of the rivers, now remember I said that, he said the river was divided into four heads. The north, the south, I'm, I'm just illustrating. The north, the south, the east. In fact, when you go through it geographically, it talks about Europe, it talks about Africa, it talks about North America and South America. The southern part includes all those Papua New Guinea, you know, Australia. It includes all of them. So the Bible says that when God created the world, he gave every part of the world something. You are not in Ghana by accident. The only reason why Ghana is not sweet for you is because you don't know what has been provided here. And even if you know, you don't know how to assess it. And that is the essence of understanding this stewardship. That when God has made you a caretaker, you must know, to, to be able to do proper inventory, you must know what has been given to you to take care of. So he said one of the rivers had gold. Let's go. Twelve. Am I communicating this morning? One of the rivers had gold. And the gold of that land is good. That's the name of the gold. And the stones. Please, verse 13. You think you are smart. He <laughs> wants me to bite my tongue. I've not eaten. <laughs> you saw the gold. Is gold not a precious stone? Ah, please go back. Go back. And the gold of that place... Of that land is what? Good. Now he said that gold is there. That other gold is there. And there are stones also there. <laughs> See, read your Bible. <laughs> Don't be afraid of the strange names you see. Read it. Somebody will say Bidilium, uh, Onyx, whatever. It is gold. Why must you worry your mouth? To pronounce what you cannot pronounce. It is gold. See, I mean, we are laughing, but truthfully, the law of first mention talks about when God, the thing he mentions first, follow it, be safe. It says gold. Then he began to break down the levels of gold or the quality and types of gold. All I know is it's gold. Even if it's one carat, it's gold. If it is 24 carat, it is still, you are gold. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's make progress quickly. The name of the second river is Gihon, Ghana. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Kush, Africa. Africa. So where you are, you were not left out. Don't let anybody tell you that Africans, we were not created. We were, we, we were not formed. We were created. We were not created by any man. God created you and I. You may not understand. Some people want to, I mean, I've, I've been seeing some funny things on social media. There's this lady, they call Reverend, what, 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 talking about nonsense. Don't listen to it. They are nonsense. Nonsense. Do you know the medical field? They have divisions. 
We have those who believe in natural medicine. We have the herbalist. And there is a whole degree program in KNUST for herbal medicine. You see, in Africa, we don't believe anything. That's why they added the spirit to it. And then they have what they call those who practice uh, the other ones. They, they don't believe in chemicals. They believe that their medications should be based on natural. But you see, whatever it is that you want to believe, God says, let it be tested. If what you are saying cannot be tested, that uh, the heaven we read, that is written about in the Bible is Africa, you wish. Then you and I, we are already in heaven. Do you call where we are in heaven? Hey, I didn't say anything. <laughs> My name is not Trump. My name is Anuslam. Do you call where we are having? I saw a newscaster showing plantain. Kofi Brookman. You know Kofi Brookman? Plantain, roasted plantain and granite. Seven cities. Meanwhile, just some few years ago, seven cities could give you a whole lunch. But Ghana will be better again. I, I can't hear your amen. I am not saying they are going to reduce prices. I am saying prophetically that the more petrol one gallon gets to 50 cities, God will give you a breakthrough that will let you buy 100 of it. Hallelujah. So in Africa, we also had a river. What was in our river? Let's look at it. 14. The name of the third river is that one. It is the one which goes towards the east of Assyria. And you know those people, the Asians, the Philistines, Iraq, Turkey, all those people. The fourth river is the Euphrates. That also waters the children of Israel, their territory. So where you are planted, there is something there. So don't say that what has God given me, that I must be a steward. He has given you something. Say I have something. Then look at the 15. Verse 15. Number one, we have established that your life is formed by God, so you belong to God. Number two, we are establishing that whatever you have is also given to you by God. Verse 15, he says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The NIV says to dress it and keep it. Listen, when God formed you, he added to your, your instruction manual that you must work. So work is not your idea so that when you are paid, you say, I mean, this money is even small. No, it is God's idea. So when you are paid, follow the instructions he gave about your work. It is one thing to admit that God owns everything and another to commit yourself to using your life and resources which he gave you anyways. His way. This struggle exists mostly because his ways don't always make sense to our human brains. From 18 until today, humans have wrestled with the tension between trusting God's plan and jumping in with our own plans. What I'm simply saying is that sometimes we don't behave as good stewards because there is a tension between the requirements of God. But never, never play smart with God. Tell your neighbor that. I can't hear you. Sunday school, tell yourselves, never play smart with God. You are laughing. 
They are there as if they are not hearing anything. When they go home, do you know what they do? Say, Papa stood at the edge of the altar and I was afraid he would fall. This one, I heard it myself. There, I heard it. These children, these children. I will fall, eh? Never. There is a struggle. Adam and Eve became victims and we are still victims. But you must make up your mind that if you understand that Jesus is the owner of your life, you won't struggle with what he demands of you. Lift up your hand and say with me in the name of Jesus. With this understanding from today, I will not struggle with life because I know that I belong to God and everything I have also belongs to him. Hallelujah. It's important. Jesus didn't struggle. And we are in the image of Jesus, not Adam. The Bible says that that which in Romans 4, that which the first Adam could not do, the first, second Adam has done it. And we are after the kind of the second Adam. The first Adam disobeyed God. The Bible says that when Eve had a conversation with the devil, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 7, he, she saw that the fruit was good for food. God didn't say it was not good for food. He said, don't eat. That's all he said. He said, don't. He didn't say it was not good. Because he knew. That some of us, every food we want to eat, but our stomach does not support every food. So you are going to cry now in Afghanistan, you are now in the bush somewhere, perching with the monkeys. <laughs> know yourself and know. You see, the thing with stewards is that the thing with caretakers is that they, they trust the word of their master. They don't downplay it. Can we make progress now? Now, every Christian is the steward of all that God has given us. Say, I am a steward. I'm a caretaker of everything, including my life. There are about three areas of stewardship every Christian must walk in. Every, every Christian, three areas I want to share with you quickly. Number one, property stewardship. Property stewardship. Say property now, do you realize that you cannot have anything until you have life? Should I break it down? Do dead men go to work? Do dead men earn gifts, salary, or, or income? So when you are alive, everything that comes into your life, you are a caretaker. Property stewardship, number one. The Bible mentions property managers or stewards several times. A steward works for the owner, that is God. And how do we work for God? Through the following. Now, under number one, put into brackets A. A. A steward works or a caretaker works for God through A. Serving him faithfully with your life. A, serving him what? Faithfully with your life. It's not up and down, up and down. Today you are there for God. Tomorrow God can wait. Those who serve God anyhow, they are not good stewards. They are not good caretakers. And God will not bless you. It's not a case. It is a word. Say it's a word. Hallelujah. 
Property stewardship. And there are about four or five things under property stewardship. How do you become a steward over God's property? Number one, remember, we have established that your life. So as for life, we are not going to make it a point. Life is the platform. Amen. So life is not a part. It is the thing. In life, as a steward, what do you do? Number one, he says that you serve God faithfully with your life. Giving him your quality and precious time, not the spare time. God deserves the best. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now we are learning. We are caretakers. How? We are caretakers through property. The properties God gives us. What are the property? Property number one. We serve God with our lives. With our quality time. And our quality everything. Not our spare time. Oh, today I just closed from church. I just closed from work. I closed 5.30 and work is says, As for today, I don't think I'll come. You don't understand who you are. If you know who you are. There is nothing wrong coming to church with your work uniform or dress. If you understand that your life is not your own, you will not hide it from God. That's all we are saying. Number two, still under property. So it's B, sorry, B. We said this is how we become property stewards. Caretakers of the property God has given us. Your life must first of all be given to him fully. B, we become property stewards when we manage the money we receive, either as salary or income or profit or gift, wisely. Manage the money you receive. And I have just explained how money is made. Unless you are 419. And I know there is no 419 here. Manage it. When you are paid salary, you manage. How do you manage that salary? In every income, I'm not even going to stay on salary. In every income a believer receives, there is a portion that belongs to God. A good steward does not keep what belongs to God. It is called the tithe. Say tithe. I can't hear you. Say tithe. What is the tithe? The tithe simply means 10% of whatever you got within a certain space of time and in our time through technology because we are all not farmers we don't pay tight nine months nine months we pay tight monthly because majority of the people and and and, and i want to encourage this those of you who do personal businesses if you want to you, if you sometimes you want to wait for one month before you pay your tight it will overwhelm you so every week whatever you get pay the 10 percent on it write in your tight card and put it down Amen. Amen. So, those of us who are doing MC and all that, now from henceforth, when you pick the microphone, ask them, please, if you have a tithe, bring it and collect it. Because sometimes, and that's the thing with pledges, and, and we pledge to give God 10 CDs in three months. And then you tell yourself that, oh, three months, January, February, March, by March, I'll get 10 CDs. March comes and even one CD you didn't get. Meanwhile, in January, you got two CDs you could have paid. In February, you get five cities. You got five cities you could have paid. See, when you are a good steward, you don't procrastinate. You don't postpone. Good stewards obey sharpishly and sheepishly. 
grammar. Sharpishly and sheepishly. You don't tempt yourself. Because it's not every temptation you can pass. There are some temptations you send yourself there and you fall into it. You know, you know that you and money, you cannot be trusted. You know. Like I know myself. Yeah, I know, I know money. I, I know that uh, money is not one of the things I have mastered. So every money, if you ask my children, they'll tell you. Every, every paper in my room, there is something written on it. Money for this, money for that. So when I pick the envelope and I'm even tempted, I know this money is not for me. Don't pay your security man and see who brings some robbers to your house. Who will bring them? How did Aaron Roberts know you have A, B, C, D in your house? He's a security man. God knows you have everything. The Bible says if you don't pay your tithe, the devourer is let loose. It is God who gives you protection from accidents, from sicknesses, from diseases. If you don't pay, he just takes his eyes off and the devil will do you show, 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 show. Bishop David Oedipo said, if you don't tithe, your life will be tight. People have made mockery of it. But those of us who tithe, we can tell you. You know the month your tithe doesn't go. You know how you become tight. And everybody must pay. Hello. Listen. Myth or excuses people make for not making tithe. Pastor, my 10% is small. It is not your problem. God knows that is what you got. He says, bring it. See, obedience is what matters in this matter. So students, look for a small notebook. Monday, Pastor Godwin gave you two and two CDs. Wednesday, your mother just gave you five CDs. So at the end of the month, you calculate, okay, all the money I got was 20 CDs. Your tithe is two CDs. Don't say that, Pastor, I will waste the church tithe card. It's not for you to say, please. Put that money into it. Obey. Because our little obedience is what leads us into greater blessings. Our what? Is what leads us into greater blessings. Greater blessings are not products of prayer. They are products of obedience. Don't think that prayer does everything. We all say prayer answers everything. My friend, you go and chop your school fees. Prayer cannot save you. Prayer cannot save you. So property owners or property stewardship means that, number one, giving God your life. A, under one. A, give God Lord, your, your proper life, your full life, your precious time, not your spare time. Number two, manage the resources he gives you well. Manage it. How do you manage the resources well? Find out what belongs to God in every income. The Bible says in Isaiah, 55. It says, for it is God who gives grace, seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. Listen, apart from your tithe from your income, the remaining 90%, there is a seed part, and there is a bread part. You don't eat everything. You don't also put everything in the bank. Like a church like this, we are, we are still building. Sometimes when you take your tithe, eh, you must just tell yourself, as a good steward, caretaker of God's work, I am still giving God the next 50%. Hello. Are you angry? And smile now. Your faces are fearful. Manage your money. 
Eh, pastor, eh, 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 my rental, hmm, my life bill. Hmm. Sometimes when I hear people talk like that, we all owe. We all owe. Me, I owe. I'm not going to stand here and pretend to you. I owe. Because, you see, in simple economics, resources are what? Limited and scarce. Nobody in this world, even the richest man, what? El, what? Musk or mask. What's the name? El, mask or mosque. Mask, the South African American. He's a South African. He still has needs. Yeah. The guy who just bought Twitter for 40 million plus dollars, he still has needs. Everybody has needs. But do you know what makes life worth living? It is when you prioritize, you look at all your needs and say, This is important. This is important. This is important. The investment strategy says defer gratification. It's not every day you do what your body wants. Sometimes let your body wait and buy time for yourself. Say I'm a caretaker. That one I didn't get amen. Amen. Manage the money God gives you. Number three or C, the land. God gives you land. Manage it. It's not every land you build houses on. Some of the land, you must give it to the body. Give it to the church. What I'm saying is that giving land is giving. Acts chapter 4, 31. Let me show you something. The believers of these days, we are too lazy. And that's why we can't see the hand of God. Have you read in Acts chapter 4, the Bible chapter 5, the Bible says that, and the shadow of the apostle was healing sick people. And the Bible says that if Christ is in you, you are greater. So why is you, your hands, you are even laying all the ten. Nobody is getting healed. You are laying all the ten. Nobody is getting healed. Because, you see, kingdom principles don't operate in vacuum. They operate on truths. They operate on what? Acts 431. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together. Go on, go on, go on. 34. Okay, let's, let's read from 30, 32. 32 is fine. I think it gives us a picture. It says, now the multitude of those who believe were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own. I've heard people use the scripture to say that though. So it means I can walk to Pastor Mark and say, look, the car you are driving is not your own. It's our own. No. That is not what it means. What that scripture, this scripture we are reading means that they acknowledged that they are stewards. They are careworth takers. Now, if you acknowledge and accept that you are a caretaker, when something is needed and you don't have it, you give what you have so that it is used to meet the need. I didn't get an amen. Amen. It says that neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in so today I'm explaining to you, talking about stewardship. Move on. 33. I think what I'm looking for is in 34, but let's go to it. He said, and with great power, the apostles gave witness 
to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. 34. Nor was 34. Nor there was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold. 35. And laid them at the apostles and they distributed to each one as anyone had need. Stewardship. Say I'm a caretaker. Stop hoarding land. When you die, we'll bury you on just two feet by six feet. And people who didn't even know how you bought it will now go to court and fight over it. And one of them will say, don't mind my foolish father. He bought a land and he did not do a will. Eh. If you who is wise, must you go to court to own a land? Go and work and buy. Tell somebody you are a caretaker. Yes, it is your own money you used to buy the land. But the life you used to work is not your own life. Somebody gave you that life. That life has an owner. And that owner is God. Say stewardship. Tell somebody you are a caretaker. So the lands, the houses, they are all properties that we must be stewards of. So like my house. Do you know my house is a storehouse of the church? I don't say that, well, no, 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 no. Nothing comes to my house. It's my, it's my residency. Ask them. Every baller in this church is in my house. Is that clear? Am I lying? There are the guys who have been cleaning there. Yesterday, I asked them to clean some, some of the parts of the house because I was having this stench. And when I entered, some things we kept there. And I was like, really? Those things in our houses, we'll take them to baller. But you see, it's not mine. It's for the church. So I'm keeping it there. Later, I want them to come and see. The one we want to keep. The one we don't need. Your house is not your own. A brother or sister is stranded in church. Invite them home. Say, look, I can accommodate you here for two days. That's all I can do. You too. When they give you a place to stay. When they say it's two days. Stay for one day. The next day, move. Because you are also a caretaker. Then you go around and these church people, they don't even care. Because sometimes it's our character. Come and perch, and this percher has now become the landlord. Praise the Lord. Are you learning something? Property steward, whatever God has given you. Listen, if there is a need in the kingdom, use it to support it. Oh, don't put, keep it to your chest. It's mine, 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 mine. Look, I believe in a good life, but not at the expense of the kingdom. I believe in a good life, but not at the expense of the kingdom of God. Because you are a caretaker of the resources. Can I make, make progress? So you are a caretaker. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 10. Shocking. Even farmers, God said that it is your own seed. It is your own, uh, what do you call it? Your own, this thing you used to, your own seed. But please, you can't harvest everything. Even them. And you shall not glean your vineyard. Please, give me the NLT. Before we go into something else. It is the same with your grape crop. 
Do not strip every tree bunch of grapes from the vines. And do not pick up the grapes that fall to the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. Simply saying that even that farm, it is for me. When you are paid, Ghana is hard. Charlie, but once a while, look through the church. There are people who genuinely need help. Yes, Charlie, Charlie, how far? 20 cities, give it to them. Stop behaving like you are the finance minister for the whole world. Pastor Luke, the money you have not even spent it, it's finished. Then you are crying. <laughs> how can I even pay tight? You are greedy. I put it to you that you are greedy. Amen. Listen, the gospel you and I are benefiting from today, people sacrifice their comfort to bring it here. What makes you think you can be a participator without sacrificing? People sacrifice. I was told, I read, in fact, it's in the, 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 the history with Lighthouse. They have a history on church record. The, the white man and the wife and the son who brought the gospel to the northern region. They left. This was a businessman with millions of dollars came to Africa, came to Ghana, went to the north because they were hidden pagans and he went to pitch his tent there. And whilst they were there, the wife got malaria and died. America, who gets malaria? And whilst he was dealing with the death of his wife, one day they didn't have light. So he sent his son, said, buy me diesel. They bought the diesel, poured it into their generator, switched on the generator. They were inside eating when the house caught fire and they were burned to ashes. Yes, that's the price somebody paid for the gospel to be preached in Bogatanga, in Navrungo, in Savalugu, in, in Bumpurugu, Yoyo, all those places. That's the price. You, you are here. You are here and you are stingy. You are here and you don't want to give anything. We talk about giving. You have made up your mind. That's for me. I can't give beyond. Listen, giving goes into sacrifice. That's why I, I, I'm surprised your pastors are just emptying that scripture in Luke. There, there are more deeper scriptures that will let you know that giving is actually your life. Amen. 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 So the first way we demonstrate as we are good caretakers is with the property God gives us. You have three sets, four sets. Charlie, pass one. One time in my life, and Pastor Doris is here, she knows. Somebody gave me hundred sets. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 100 sets. He carried it on his head and brought it to my house. He said, Pastor, wear each one for each day. Another person came to my house, gave me 60 suits, coats. And somebody also brought me 25 shoes, Italiano. We were just thanking God, thanking God. Then the Lord said to me, release them. Some of you, isn't it interesting that you only hear God saying he will bless you, but you don't hear him make demands of you. You are a suspect. 
I didn't struggle. I just called the young men, most of the young men here. I called them home. I said, look, there is a boutique in my house. Come and select. The shoes I gave them, I didn't sell one. I mean, those items could give me capital to start any business. It was Jojo Armani shoes and shirts. No, Phillips and uh, TM Louis shirts. Today, how much is one TM Louis? About 450 times 100. 4,500. A quality Italian shoe. You won't pay anything less than 25 euros. I gave them out. Occasionally, I will be there. The Lord said, open your wardrobe. And I think, you know, God deals with me in a very interesting way. The last time, he said, clean your wardrobe. And I knew because I wear the thing. When I go home, I remove it and leave it there. Then I'll fold and push it there. So when he says clean, I think he's talking to me about it is smelling. You bring out everything and I see the spirit of God like an image in my room. He said, put this one here. Put this one here. Put this one here. When you finish, he says, send it to the other room. Then when I send it there, he said, call the people. Let them come for it. Oh. The last one, Pastor Doris even came to feast. She's a woman, but she said, no, the men cannot cheat me. Me to our wisdom. We are stewards. Some of you sisters, you have more than 24 shoes on your shoe rack. How many legs do you have? In fact, I know a sister in this room right now. Her second room is full of shoes. Shoes everywhere, everywhere on the floor. In fact, a room of 12 by 12, half of the 12 is shoes. Look out for people. See, do you know that you cannot pour any water into a bottle that is already full? Can I speak to you for a moment? You are not experiencing certain blessings because your life appeared to be full. But what has filled you is also junk. You need proper things. Now, when we talk about giving, you don't need to have abundance to give. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 that the church in Macedonia, they gave out of their extreme poverty. Belinda said, Goma, have you heard? Jilly. To come to that place so that we spare ourselves. Listen, my brothers and sisters, there is so much God wants to do, you have no idea. One of the things I noticed from 2014 to, to date, I noticed the amount of money that has passed through my hands, not in my accounts. I don't have anything in my accounts. If I show you my uh, he's there, he knows. If I show you my bank accounts, the money is one CD 25 pesos. Clap for me, clap for me, clap for me. <laughs> Oh, every now and then I visit my account, I look at it and I say, it is getting full. And you know, as I keep making that utterance, any need comes up, God supplies it. Because as long as you don't have a mind of a hoarder, God can trust you with more. Hoarding, even in physical life, is an offense. Hoarding? <laughs> Hoarding? Some of you, you are hoarders. You came to church and we say, oh, we need, we need 200 cities to buy something. He said, no, 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 no. 
Pastor, I, I, no, 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 I don't have. You tell yourself quickly, I don't have. Because you know the agenda. After church, you must take one sister out. Am I preaching? Property, stewards. Listen, whatever God gave you, he made you a caretaker. Stand to your feet. Say, I'm a caretaker. Say, I'm a caretaker. Say, today, I confess boldly in agreement with the word of God that I am a caretaker. I am a caretaker. Heavenly Father, let this truth overflow in my life. Let it influence my thoughts, my decisions, and my choices. From today, let me walk in this truth that I am a caretaker. I am a caretaker. Can you look at it? A farmer, God says, don't even harvest everything. How much more? You and I. Thankfully, we have a lot of youth amongst us. But church, let me tell you something. The finances of a church is not measured by how many businessmen are in it. God uses the few to take care of the majority. If you doubt me, read the, the story about Jesus feeding the 5,000. Whose food did he use? The lunch of a boy. It doesn't matter. And we must understand. We've been called to destitutes. Destitutes are people who have nothing. Do you think God didn't know that what he's calling us to do is difficult? It means that the few who are doing something, we must understand sacrifice. It is when you give what is in your hands that God multiplies what comes into you. As long as you are holding on to it, nothing comes in. Zero times thousand. How much is it? She times she. She. she times everything is still she. The provisions of the church will be automatically supplied by God when we are working in our mandate. Let me not start a second service. But I just gave you one. I told you that this series I'm going to take my time. And this morning I have been able to tell you at least my objectives are here. Madame Dora will mark my lesson notes. <laughs> I have communicated, have I? Have I? How do you see my notes? The delicious day. Thank you. I've marked myself. I had a headmaster who used to fight me. Yes, when I was doing national service. He said, I like your notes, but I don't like the method. You know, I didn't know there was a method you follow. I mean, I'll write it. My lesson is, I didn't go to training college. They posted me to go and teach. What do you expect? He said, no. And I thank God for that man. He made me appreciate methods. One, I, I hear he's late. One, Mr. Avui. He made me to appreciate methods. Because for me, and I remember it was the same thing. I used to be punished in the secondary school. Give me an assignment. I will arrive at the answer. Forget formula. I will give you the answer. My master teacher said, no. No, no, it is not accepted. The answer is right, but how you arrive there is wrong. I will not accept it. And I was always getting punished. But I have to learn. Life is methodological. You need to take your time and go through the process. Listen, God does not lack any blessing. He is not re 